Hello and welcome to the Checkpoint Reach podcast. I'm your host, Luke Eldon. Today I'm joined by Mai. How are you doing, mate? Mate, thank you. Yourself? Good to hear. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, man. Doing well. Yeah. Uh, you know, same old, <laughs> slight living. It's <laughs> like living in uh, Groundhog Day over and over again. I feel like Bill Murray a little bit. Yeah, it's great. But it's all going to change. Just, uh, just listen to Boris in a couple of months. We'll all be out partying, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see if that's true. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, today we are here to discuss some gaming news, not politics, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> you might don't want to get involved in that. So we're going to uh, jump into the news topic today. Well, news topic from the past week, actually, or a couple of weeks even. When did this come out? Actually, nine days ago, I think, probably in between. Um, yeah, it's to do with Bethesda. Uh, Microsoft completes the Bethesda acquisition, promises some Xbox and PC exclusives. It says here as well that Microsoft now has 23 games studios. This is an article from The Verge. Microsoft has finalized its $7.5 billion to a deal to acquire Zenimax Media, the parent company of Doom and Fallout Studio Bethesda Softworks. The finalization, Jesus, finally got there, comes just a day after Microsoft secured regulatory approval from the EU for the acquisition, and it will now bolster the company's first party Xbox game studios up to a total of 23. Um, we got some quotes here as well from big phil i know Matty's a fan of big phil so <laughs> he said that's mate yeah he is man we should get him on the pod <laughs> <Where's your> magic <laughs> um phil spencer says this is the next step in the build um, in building an industry leading first party studios team a commitment we have to our xbox community now i know my we want to talk about this because it uh it does bring a lot of questions and some answers as well to People were worried about um, are Bethesda games going to become just solely Xbox exclusives? Are they all going to uh, transition into that, or are they going to still be cross-gen? But we have a bit of an answer now that some will be exclusives. What do you what do you think of it? Well, we have we have that commitment from Xbox, and we've had it from some t- for some time that there is not going to be any more Xbox exclusives. I think we can categorically say that there will never be another Xbox only game. It's a uh, Xbox PC and whatever platforms game pass are on and obviously for them that's that's a good move i mean you're opening more markets um game pass on pc seem to be going pretty well i think although obviously it's not had the uptake that they they maybe expect at this point i think the bethesda games are only going to increase that uh uptake in in game pass on pc um so it, it's a, it's a massive massive deal i mean we we can't really understate the the significance of, of purchasing bethesda they are a giant mm. uh studio a publisher you know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of studios that they've got under their arm uh, and there's a lot of games that are now going to be xbox and pc exclusive you would guess yeah uh, i mean phil spencer's always sort of beating around the bush with this and still didn't really commit to an answer uh, i mean he's basically committed to saying this will be um bethesda games going forward will be exclusive to whatever platforms game pass is on which is uh you know again it's quite vague does -hmm. it potentially open the door for game pass to come on nintendo sony platforms i mean potentially yeah that's something we talked about a couple of years back wasn't it it was rumored to be going on into nintendo so i mean the message is is pretty clear that if you want to play bethesda games then you need a game pass subscription and uh i think sony wouldn't have game pass on their platform in a million years so i think it potentially opens the door to Elder, Elder Scrolls 6, Starfield, these type of games not appearing on in, in any form on a PlayStation platform, which is a, 
obviously a shame for for PlayStation gamers, but um, people have been, you know, rallying around saying that Microsoft needs to buy more studios. They need to have a better first party output, and they've done a Microsoft esque thing and just get a big Throw briefcase of money, it. turn up, and just <laughs> cash hit it Bethesda in. over the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> WWE style yeah I think uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out and and like you touched on a lot of people have been calling for Microsoft to up their first party games uh, me included Sud uh, Perks all our our friends if you listen to the podcast that you know about and you know this is the sort of moves that they had to make I guess they had to make some some big strides in in the community for well to to get the community back on side and start believing in some of the projects do you, do you think that Bethesda will deliver on that end for them because obviously this is a bethesda coming off the back of fallout 76 i know fallout 4 as well wasn't as loved by the fallout community but it was my first fallout game i properly played and i actually really enjoyed it but i didn't play 76 um but you all know about the backlash yeah. of that i Just mean fallout games thoughts. are hit and miss um the elder scrolls games seems to be more polished in general so i think elder scrolls 6 is the big one obviously there will be a fallout 5 at some point as well um, Starfield's a bit of an unknown quantity. So, and, and there's an Indiana Jones game that's oh, been announced yeah. as well. Again, that's an unknown quantity. I mean, you, you might not like it. Massive IP. I mean, it, it will it will draw in a lot of players, especially if it's done in the in the uncharted, you know, modern day Tomb Raider style of, of third person action game, which you know we're assuming without having seen anything of the game. You know, if I was making an Indiana Jones game, that'd I'd be the template. Just copy, it? yeah, I mean, yeah. Copy and paste Uncharted and just pop in indiana jones instead and you're pretty much onto a winner there are you a fan of indiana jones is that a game that you yeah, probably play I, I would definitely play it i mean i'm a big fan of the old indiana jones films so and, and obviously bethesda are, are a big studio they've never really made a game like that uh, it depends what what studio is actually making it obviously mm-hmm. it's machine it's machine games sorry machine games that are making it so they made the wolfenstein games which are first person shooters whether yeah. they'd be able and i'm just completely guessing i mean we don't even know what type of game it's going to be at this point i don't know if it's going to be an fps or a third person action game but you'd assume that it'd be a third person action game just from yeah. you know i'd assume that too yeah with the yeah. ip that it is it makes more sense for it to be that yeah so it's going to be very interesting but going back to the question as to as to whether i think that there's going to be good games that come out of it yes there's also going to be some duds as well and um, bethesda have made some i wouldn't say poor titles but mediocre titles um, but there, there are some great studios under that bracket. You know, you've got Arcane Studios, you've got Machine Games, you've got the internal Bethesda studios themselves. So, you know, just by law of averages, there will be some very, very good games that come out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very interesting as well because it's a big commitment from Microsoft to single-player games, uh, you know. Yes. We do have, stuff. yeah, I mean, we do have the online element in sort of Fallout 76 and, you know, there's there's a few they've dabbed their hand or their toes a little bit. Sorry, Bethesda into uh into into the multiplayer arena, but they're they're mainly a, a single player developer. So doesn't that you know, make that's you a happy? Big though, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. That so badly. Absolutely. Yeah, first um, storytelling games and story driven games is something we've mentioned so many times on the podcast. If you're new, this is something that me and Matty do champion for. We. We we much prefer story driven games most of the time. So to actually have a sh- some studios on Microsoft side that will, well, not solely, but like you said, their main focus in the past has been story driven games. So hopefully we will get an influx of that, which I think would make the uh, the community a lot well pretty happy actually. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, it's uh, and, and obviously they're not alienating the audience really because obviously Bethesda's got a massive audience on PC. They're they're going to continue to be a, a massive presence on PC. It's just you know you'll have to buy it through the Xbox Store or get Game Pass, which has mm-hmm. become the massive value proposition for Microsoft. Um, and it's yet to be seen whether it'll pay off. I guess. I mean, I, I'd imagine the subscriptions to the service are only going to go up. You know, as it, it, it is basically a necessity that if you have an Xbox, that you you know you need Game Pass at this point. If you've got a Series X or a Series S and you don't have Game Pass, it's it's it, that's mm. a surprise to me. You know, that, that would, would be a surprising me. thing. Um, so I'm imagining Microsoft to go in for the same thing with PC gaming. You know, if you're into PC gaming, then you've probably got a, an Xbox Game Pass subscription as well. Um, They're doing their that's best, gonna be, Yeah, it's going to be a harder job because mm. obviously PC players are a lot more stubborn. They're a lot more used to value as well. So even, even to say pay £10 a month to some PC players is too much. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I mean, they've got, they've got a provide games to them to say look this is what you what you can play if you get xbox xbox game pass on pc and there's already quite a large library on there as it is Uh, and just adding new bethesda games elder scrolls 6 you know starfield onto the service is is only going to improve and increase the subscriptions massively you'd assume i feel like uh microsoft are doing their best to essentially not make it obsolete but make it like like you mentioned you, you'd be surprised if people don't have game pass now if they're going to be in the microsoft ecosystem yeah. like if you're playing on pc or xbox why wouldn't you there it seems to be adding value and you don't have to pay that um first party title you know 60 well you say 60 dollars but what is it now like 55 pound maybe or something you know i you can just get game pass for 10 pound a month and try it out if you if you really want so they, they are making it a very you know, attractive proposition. One thing I wanted to ask you about Bethesda, because because you, uh, Perks and Sud, were massive Fallout fans. I, I'm intrigued to know your opinion on Fallout 4. Because like I said, I was new to the series and that was my first proper, you know, dive into the Fallout world. And I actually really enjoyed it. I, I, like, I love the game, to be fair. But I remember talking, I think it was to you or Sud at the time, and you were saying, nah. I don't know, it's just not the same. It wasn't as good as um, New Vegas and stuff like that. So how about now? Like, what is it, six years yeah. on? Something like that? I mean, there's just a little bit of something missing from Fallout 4. It wasn't necessarily a bad game by any means. You know, it's still a solid 7.5, 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, it was riddled with bugs at launch, but you probably expect that at mm. this point from Bethesda games. It's just... It seems to come in, come with the territory that they're in. That every single game they release always has some sort of horrendous bugs at the start of the at the start of the process, which is obviously frustrating. But I think for for me, it was the the, the quests in Fallout Four just weren't as enjoyable um, as in Three and, and New Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the combat, you know, the world, I mean, they pretty much nailed it. There was just, there was just that little bit extra missing. Maybe it was getting into familiar territory, similar to the sort of you know. Gears of War 4 and things like that, where it's like, yeah, this is still a great game, but it's it's kind of just Lost losing the, the appeal a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, let's let's talk then a little bit about a game you mentioned, and that's uh, Starfield, because apparently 
Starfield is reportedly aiming to launch in 2021. That's according to uh, game news journalist Jeff Grubb. Um, he's reporting that apparently it's going to be uh, unveiled towards the end of this year, uh, E3 21, um, and then obviously aimed to be released at the end of the year, I should say, as well, after that. Um, he did say that the, obviously the pandemic could play its part, and that might be a reason why it's not, and it might be pushed into 2022, but... I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Matty, as well. Like, the game, we don't know too much about it, but obviously we know it's going to be, like, a sci-fi fantasy epic um, sort of genre that we do like. We, You know, we love our Star Wars, we love our Mass Effects and stuff like that. So is this yeah. something you're excited about or you're still a bit on the fence? I'm still reserving my judgment. I mean, I'll get Game Pass, so <laughs> I'll obviously play it. I mean, um, but, it's yeah, like you said, it's a complete unknown quantity, really. Um, is it going to be in the vein of sort of a No Man's Sky type space RPG or is it going to be more linear and structured similar to sort of Mass Effect? We don't really know. And I don't, you know, I don't think we will know until we see more of the game. So uh, it's a bit of a catch-22, but it's, it's definitely piqued a lot of people's interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, it, it will be a good game. It's just, it's just a case of seeing what it is, I guess, first before we can make any judgments of it. Uh, that that surprises me. I mean, that that report from from Jeff Grubb that it may be released in 2021 that seems a bit unrealistic to me. I mean, we've seen pretty much nothing of the game, yeah, um, officially anyway. So for it to release in 2021 would be uh, very surprising for me. But if if it does get released in 2021, then hey, I'll I'll definitely play it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy I look to play it. To seeing it. It just like you touched on though, if it does get released, it's a bit of a surprise because essentially from now till late 21 we're just going to get a load of content thrown at us then from that game that would you'd assume but we've literally there's barely been anything has there was there Mm -hmm. a teaser trailer that's all i seem to remember was a teaser trailer maybe there's been more but i i don't remember too much i remember reports about them talking about there's going to be a new game engine and stuff like that for the game but other than that i haven't heard anything there needs to be a new engine because they, they're still using the Elder Scrolls Five engine in the. That needs to put in the, be put in the bin. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be put in the bin. Yeah, 100%. it's very old now. Very old. Yeah. So I'm glad that there's a new engine, but yeah, it's a, it's it'd be interesting if it did release in 2021 because I, I come back to this. I always ask this question. There's a lot of games that get announced two, three years ahead of launch, and I don't think that does any good for hype. I think I think the hype builds up and then it's like it's coming out in three years and it's like oh you know i don't really care i forgot what the game is now so i do feel like a successful marketing tactic is to show a lot of the game all at once and then say this is coming out in like four months or something like that so that's the only thing that makes me think yeah maybe this could come out in 2021 but yeah like you said the pandemic and the fact that we've seen nothing i'd be surprised if it did Hmm. well it would be nice if they did do that like uh, like you touch on most things these days do tend to be oh here's this trailer and this is coming out in like you know three years two years time it's just like uh, yeah i'm hyped and then i'm let down because obviously you have to wait so if they do bring it out out the blue essentially and just like yeah there you go it's dropped and it's coming out later this year i think they could capitalize on a lot of hype and there's going to be a lot more I don't know, people probably open to that sort of game as well if it comes out later this year because people are going to be jumping back into the Mass Effect Legendary Edition in May. And then obviously E3 is usually in, what, is it June or July? And then, um, you know, if they announce it for later in 2021, then 
that they could be capitalizing on the hype for the genre as well in gaming. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be difficult really to to predict what sort of June July is going to be like at this point. Not in yeah, just the gaming terms, but in world terms. You know, is E three June seems like a, a a fair enough date to have maybe a full E three. You know, maybe we'll finally. Get back to the days of nice the pointless that. audiences cheering <laughs> random announcements. <laughs> Blue screen. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Hey, it's always funny though to and watch. It seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? That you know, we saw Keanu Reeves on stage saying you're breathtaking. You <laughs> yeah. Know, that literally feels like a different decade at this point. It really does, man. Actually, that's scary to think about that. That does seem like it was like ten years ago. <laughs> Um, yeah i know nintendo and sony are are doing their own contained events and microsoft are doing more of them as well with inside xbox but i think deep down everyone does love a bit of the carnival that Mm. e3 brings and the whole you know it's a it's it's a week to celebrate gaming and and i do i kind of miss the fact that that sony aren't aren't going to be attending e3 anymore it's pretty much microsoft are the only only people that are even attending nintendo do a direct Mm-hmm. you know in the e3 week but they're not a presence at e3 so it's it's kind of disappointing but it is but we'll, I, see, I, we'll see what happens i think you touched on a good point like like you said it's to celebrate gaming i mean that's we all get well hyped well we get excited i guess to watch it because i mean in the past we usually get together me you uh perks sudden that to watch obviously it live and see what games and we'd always get that world exclusive and just a showcase reel of games we sat world there like premiere <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. I was sat there like, yeah, I wouldn't play that. Not that. Not Xbox that. <laughs> and PC and Game Pass and streaming exclusive. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it's going to be like that one. It's going to be just throwing a bunch of words and just add exclusive on at the end. But no, I, I agree, man. I, I think as well, after the last what year and a bit we've had so far by the time that comes around year and you know year and four months nearly i think we'd be excited to have an a3 back just to you know get yeah. back to a bit of normality so it would be fun to celebrate it if it, if it happens and this starfield does get released uh, not released sorry but um you know they do drop the release date for star date at, uh um, starfield star date <laughs> starfield um at e3 that would be really i'll give good. you that i'll give you that starfield <laughs> is a very generic name so i, I do get sort of mixed up <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, it is it's very generic but you know we might get more so that'll be cool um but yeah i also want to touch on obviously the moves that microsoft are making because i did see as well rumors that this isn't going to be the end of them acquiring studios which we didn't think anyway but the rumors are that apparently konami could be a studio that they're looking to purchase as well as sega so the sega one's been a rumor for a few months now a long time yeah. yeah the konami one though mm. I, I didn't the, Se- the sega one i see mm-hmm. um i think microsoft want to to have some sort of a presence in japan i feel like that's the last piece of the jigsaw for them um to, tr- to try and get some jrpgs on the system just to cater to a wider audience you know game pass is supposed to cater for everyone so they need to fill out each area of, of the back catalog and having sega would obviously help with that konami i don't see and the reason i don't see it is that you're basically just buying their ips at this point konami have no real studios left uh, they have the one of the internal studios that makes pairs every year. But apart from that, no one makes no one makes anything forward. So they've got these big IPs 
But I don't really think Microsoft are, are interested in IPs in a sense. I think they're interested in buying the studios to make them content. So I, I could definitely see them buying Sega, but Konami is a bit of a weird one. I would, I don't think Sony are going to buy Konami, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of licensing deal struck with them to you know make a Castlevania, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. Silent Hill game, whichever one it would be. Um, that that's been rumored over the last couple of months that Konami are going to sell out their IPs to to third party developers, which would make the most you know commercial sense. So yeah, I can see Sega, but Konami, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I must admit, I'm unsure it came out of the book because obviously I didn't expect Microsoft to be purchasing Bethesda. So if they did yeah. get Konami, I would be surprised too. But yeah, I think Konami's route is probably going to go more down the selling of the IPs and, and, and letting obviously Sony or someone take uh, access to that to sell games on. Because I must admit, when you talk about Silent Hill and Metal Gear as well, I instantly think of Sony and PlayStation 1 and stuff. So yeah. it would make the most sense if Sony acquired those IPs to, to obviously create games. And I would love to see a me- another Metal Gear, but yeah. without, you know, I think that's Kojima could be weird. I, I don't know what Sony are going to announce. Look, look, Sony have been very quiet over the last few months and they're, they're taking a few blows. I'm sure they're not bothered. They're raking in the money from the PS5. It's selling out instantly as soon as it comes back in stock. And it'll probably continue to do so for the next 12 months at least. Um, so, you know, I don't think Sony are too worried uh, by by the moves that Microsoft are making, but they've got to have something up their sleeve because they haven't shown us any new games for a while. And it's been heavily rumoured for the last, like, six to 12 months that there's some sort of Metal Gear Solid remake being oh, made. I love it. Um, so that makes the most sense to me. I mean, that that would make perfect sense. And it was it was rumoured that it was ready to, to announce, um, you know, around a year ago. And Halo Infinite's presentation was so bad that they didn't feel they had to announce it yet because it was supposed to be their sort of like ace, ace up the sleeve to say, look, well, here's Metal Gear Solid. Your Halo's great, mm-hmm. but, you know, here's Solid Snake or whatever back in 4K and people would be <laughs> losing their mind, you know. Well, I'd be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Who, what, so, uh, which, which studio would you like to see mate, um, take hold of the remake if you had a choice? <sighs> Well, I mean, the 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 obvious answer is giving it to Kojima, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's literally got his own production studio. So, I mean, if Sony, do could you think he'd take, still want to take the license away from Konami and just give it back to Kojima? That's the ultimate sort of See, <laughs> justice. I don't know, really, I don't know the in and ins and outs enough, but I obviously know that he fell out with Konami massively. But did he fall out of love as well with making Metal Gear because he, you know, he wasn't fulfilling his creativity? So would he want to so. take Metal Gear and remake it or remaster yeah. it? Well, remake. Uh, yeah, it make more sense. Maybe if it was an inter- if it was just a remake of the first Metal Gear Solid, maybe an internal studio, Blue Point or something like that, that makes the most sense. I mean, they've done an amazing job of remastering Blue- uh, Dark Souls, mm-hmm. unbelievable remake. So I'm pretty sure they could do justice to Metal Gear Solid as well. And, and we need a remake. Like, Metal Gear Solid is a classic, brilliant franchise. But if you try and go back and play the old games now, it's like they're a world apart. Like, the, the movement system is just, it feels <laughs> so archaic. It's like it, you're fighting with the controller to play that game. Uh, and that's Agreed. what makes it disappointing. You know, you've got brilliant story and, and it's got the nostalgia, but, you know, you just, you, you pick up the controller and it's just like, what the hell is this? Honestly, I don't remember it being like this. I tried to play Metal Gear Solid 2 the other month and I was just like, 
what is going on? I don't remember it being like this. <laughs> oh, did you try and play the HD remake? Or just no, I, I just played it on the PS2. Right, okay. Yeah, I must admit, when you do go back, it, it throws you, doesn't it? But then nostalgia is a beautiful drug. It, it plays its part and you remember everything about the game being fantastic. But I think it does need it. Obviously, they had the uh, Twin Snake, which was on GameCube. If I'm correct. Surprised it's, yeah, surprised it's never come to any other platform. So I mean, right. I know it was an exclusive, but it's just like, it was a really good game and not many people have got to play it, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But that is one of them. Like, there's been so many remakes and remasters over the last, well, it feels like five to ten years, that how has Metal Gear fallen under the radar yeah. there and not been picked up to, to be, you know, retouched up, uh, touched up and, and give it back to the masses to love it again? I feel like it needs it. Because yeah. obviously, the, I think the last, uh, what was the last Metal Gear? What's the zombie one? Terrible. Um, oh. ah, I can't remember its name. Metal Gear Survive. That, it's yeah. Just, it was as generic as that. Yeah, terrible. Metal Gear Solid Five was good, though. Gameplay like, was like brilliant. That. Story was yeah. so good for like an hour, and then you never saw another cutscene for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, that was the issue. Like, yeah. we, we've run out of money. There's no more cutscenes. You're just running around in the open world now until the end repeating the same missions but on a harder yeah. difficulty yeah yeah that was disappointing but i i did love the game when i uh initially completed it and stuff so it would be good to get a remake we'll see um but then let's let's finish up then discussing going all the way back and what we were chatting about with microsoft purchasing companies and stuff like that and, and studios even and we were talking about game pass and you mentioned obviously nintendo now before we came on the podcast we had a little chat and you were talking about, you believe that Microsoft's ultimate goal would be to get Game Pass on PlayStation and essentially every gaming system they could, because obviously yeah. they, they can make a shit ton of money. Do you actually think that would happen or can happen, or do you think Sony would never allow that? Nintendo, I can see. It makes sense in, in the fact that Nintendo are maybe lacking when it comes to their online services. I mean... They're they're not the best, and having that relationship with Game Pass opens up a a back catalogue of games. Uh, maybe the streaming service would allow people to you know play Switch on on the go. It's a bit of a complicated one. I think their ultimate goal is to get it on every platform. As to whether you'd see it on Switch and PS Five, I'm I'm highly doubtful on both. But I think the door is open. The, the The thing is, I think the best way to see it is. The door's unlocked, but no one's going to open it until the other one says, you know, Microsoft's never going to go to Nintendo and say, hey, do you want Game Pass? But I think if Nintendo came and said, can we put Game Pass on the Switch? Then mm. Microsoft would say yes. And I think the same with Sony as well. Yeah. I don't think they're actively That's Phil going to approach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, my, it wouldn't happen. Might not. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. Like who blinks yeah. first, essentially, and. Yeah, if any if anyone went to Microsoft and like, yeah, we'd want to put Game Pass on. I think yeah, they're gonna they're gonna a consider it and b most likely always be open to that because obviously it's gonna make them a lot of money. I just I could never imagine firing up my PlayStation and just seeing Game Pass. Here you go. Like obviously, um, uh, what is it? PS Now, their own version. Well, they're starting to add a lot of value to it recently. They are adding a lot more games, so I'm assuming they are going to try and compete, compete with Game yeah. Pass in terms of in terms of the games that are coming on there. I think the only issue that they've got, and this is this is the massive strength of Game Pass, is that all first party studios 
day and date are releasing on Game Pass and going to be on there for the duration of the service. So when Halo comes out, it's on there. When New Forza comes out, it's on there. When Elder Scrolls comes out, it's on there. Sony is still trying to charge this ridiculous price of £65, you know, now for, for first-party games. And I'm not trying to devalue the games by saying that they're not worth that because, you know, at the end of the day, they, they dictate the prices. If people are going to pay £65, then obviously it's worth £65. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, but it's it's kind of a it, it's a complete chasm at the moment. It's like ten pound a month for Game Pass, or pay sixty five quid for Demon Souls, and that's like six and a half months of Game Pass. I don't think you're going to get six and a half months of value out of Demon Souls. Maybe not. Maybe some people would, but it's it's an interesting dilemma, and it's going to be interesting to see the way the industry goes. I mean, the the way Sony are viewing it is this, these games that cost millions and millions and millions of pounds to develop if you don't get that initial revenue of selling the game at full price then it's not worth it to them mm-hmm. and obviously microsoft have gone down the route of thinking the subscriptions are the revenue and all of that money is getting going to get put back into the first party studios which in turn i mean it, people yeah into game pass yeah. watch this space as to as to who who's gonna um who's gonna succeed in in that in that game but yeah. I think the the whole model of gaming is going more down the subscription route as much as I don't like it. I mean, I absolutely love to get a game case, open it up, put the game in and, and just play. And those days are long Those gone. days are dying or nearly dead. They might as well dead. Yeah. So pretty much oh, man, I do miss those days. And even for me, I do, pref- I do prefer, you know, having the actual physical disc. But this gen, I've gone full digital on both platforms. Yeah. So. Well, the only thing that maybe frustrates me about it, and it's a point that I touch on a lot, is back in the day of having to release a finished product, no updates, no anything, that product that you released had to be perfect. If there was a bug in it, it was in it forever. If mm. there was a glitch, it was in it forever. So developers had more incentive to polish the game, one, to make more sales, and two, you know, to, to enhance their own reputation. Now you can release a broken mess and no one cares. They sort of half expect it. It's like day one, game broke. Six months later, it's sort of playable now. Well done. And, you know, you see it with Cyberpunk and things like that. That's the extreme of it, you know, releasing a broken game. But it it kind of disappoints me and, and sort of makes me fearful for the future of the industry in a way when new games that are released are released on a service where there's no incentive to complete the game before it actually releases everyone's got a hard drive and everyone's got an internet connection so you can just update it if anything's broken and i sort of i feel like developers are, are becoming more careless as a result so, yeah. yeah i mean it, there's no incentive to release a, a complete game whereas before that was the be all and end all and it's uh it's going to be interesting what it does to the industry my fear for game pass is that they're not going to give the studios the time to make quality games and there's no incentive to make quality games because at the end of the day, if you make a 7 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, people are still subscribed to Game Pass and are most likely not going to unsubscribe because one game was a 7. So I feel like... You, it more. Yeah, you might get into the situation that Netflix is in where it's just show after show after show after show that's fucking shit. Yeah. It's all fucking shit and just filler. And that's the situation that I don't want Game Pass to, to, to go into. I mean, they've bought some very good studios. There's some good games in the works, but they need to actually be completed games or mm-hmm. I'm going to be 
I'd be disappointed with that, you know, if, if, it, if we get into the situation where every game just releases half finished or broken because it's on a servers and people accept it, that's a bit of a worry to me. It seems already, like you say, it seems rife, doesn't it? Like, how many times you now do you play a game and it's like, oh, don't worry, a day one patch is coming. It's like, yeah, why? <laughs> like, it, it should have been not perfect, you know, it doesn't always no. have to be perfect, but at least near perfect anyway. Like, you're releasing this to the public, like, having the like you said, having that mindset of the fallback of, oh, we can patch it. If there's an issue, we'll patch it. Like, they must look at the game sometime. I, I swear, and it's like, oh, yeah, we have to release it. Uh, but it's not ready to go. Yeah, but we have to. But we'll work on a patch. It's like, well, that's that to me doesn't feel great as a consumer. Um, I guess on the flip side, we should be grateful because in a way, if playing devil's advocate, obviously, if you do buy a game, there's just a game-breaking bug in it at some point or, or there's just glitches. And it's just like, oh, this will never be sorted. This is shit. <laughs> At least they do have the ability to sort those things. But I, yeah. I'm i like you. I don't like people having that get out of our, we'll patch it. It's just every developer, like you said now. Even single player games. Like, why does a single player game need a day one update? It's gone gold. There's <laughs> yeah. no multiplayer. Why didn't you fucking finish it when it went gold? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand the logic of that. But uh it's because, like you said, because they know they can get away with it, they will. Mm -hmm. They will do it. Yeah, as uh, we find out with a lot of things, and like you touch on Netflix, that is it's such a good point. If uh, let's hope it doesn't become oversaturated with just crap filler. When's the last time there's been a good show on Netflix? I'll probably get like flamed in the comments now. But... I'll give you one because I was watching it before we came on the podcast, it, and it's niche. But uh, Drive to Survive, yeah, they released uh, season three, it's F one, so it is niche, but. I, I enjoy that. If you I like that's F1, a great show. then you're in in luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, um, what was the last show on Netflix that everyone was raving Tiger about? Tiger King was the last viral one, I think. But that was mainly because of lockdown. I feel mm. like if that wasn't because it came out right at the start of first lockdown, when everyone was sort of on the bandwagon of "Yeah, lockdown's fun. Let's watch <laughs> Tiger King." That ended quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Tiger King. That did go pretty much viral, didn't it? Everyone was talking about that. Can't really think of any since many, no. if any. I mean, those were the days, weren't they? The Tiger King get days back in those March 2020. <laughs> everyone was having little Zoom quizzes, and we were oh, all yeah. thinking lockdown was going to be over in a couple of months. Bit of fun, little get to be off work for a couple of months. Mate, we, we should be grateful we have video games. I guess <laughs> <laughs> not everyone did, so uh, I am grateful for that because I don't know where I'd be without it. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to end the podcast there. So thanks for listening as always. If you're listening to us on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're listening to us on any audio platforms, leave us a nice review and pass on the pod. That'll help us to grow. Also, we have a Discord community that we set up now. So if you want to check that out, links are all in the description below. Uh, we, we have a you know daily chat, all that good stuff. And we are looking for recommendations on games to stream, anything like that, because we do stream currently Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday nights, 11 p.m. GMT, some football man manager but we're always open to try out different days and different games so drop in the discord and let us know you can also follow the podcast on social media on instagram facebook and twitter at check reach pod again all links are in the description below and you can follow me and matty on social media where can people find you mate uh at matty cheating on instagram and twitter lovely stuff and i'm at leld l-e-l three d's at a nine a.m for instagram and leld is on twitter so check us out there if you'd like and uh, if you are listening to this wherever you're in the world hope you have a good day and we'll be back again soon bye guys cheers